Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Elite Bitcoin Holder Show, the show that you can only hear in podcast form right here. Today is August the 19th, 2019. Uh, these are some thoughts that popped into my head when I was running and when I was after I was at the Bitcoin embassy. Here we go. Bitcoin cancel culture. Yes, Bitcoin cancels cancel culture. I can hardly say it. The In the world today, we are living in, in an era where it's acceptable for people to try to cancel you, to try to get you, make you poor, take your job away, take your friends away. It's cancel culture. If they don't like, if someone doesn't like what you're saying, if it doesn't fit the uh, popular narrative, if you're not fitting in, well, there's a chance that someone's going to try to cancel you. And it's accepted. It's totally accepted. Oh, boycott this company because they had a party for this candidate. Uh, it's a Let's put this uh, company out of business because they support this guy. It's cancel culture. And Bitcoin is the solution. Bitcoin cancels cancel culture. Okay. It's an easy, easy little saying to remember, but it, it, it is true. Uh, and more people are going to realize this because people, they don't want to, they don't want to live and walk on eggshells all the time. They want to be able to speak their mind. And some smart people are going to are going to get tired of being scared about who they're supporting, who they're friends with, who they where they're going if they, if they're going to be the next victim, if they're they're going to be the next target uh, of the the cancel culture that we're living in. So they're going to say, "Well, how do I fight this?" Well, you get a substantial amount of your wealth in Bitcoin, and they can't take that away from you. They can't take that away from you. It gives you uh, the confidence, the financial confidence to not be afraid, to, to do what you want to do, to say what you want to do. Trust me. Trust me on this one. I uh, Obviously, so much of my wealth is in Bitcoin, and I say and do whatever the heck I want to do. Uh, and it's, it is a great feeling. So it's good for Bitcoin if people wake up to this, that Bitcoin cancels cancel culture. It's also good for uh, society as a whole that we're not going to have as many people uh, walking on eggshells and fearing losing their jobs. Uh, and, and again, maybe if you lose your job, but you have a lot of Bitcoin, well, then you really didn't. You can easily find another job. You might be able to work for yourself now. It opens. It gets you. It, it makes you live outside the box. Get it building up that Bitcoin stash. You're more and more outside the box. You're not fitting into mainstream culture, to cancel culture, and you're just in a healthier position where you don't have to fear uh, the mob. That's that's what Bitcoin does. Uh, it cancels cancel culture, so you don't have to fear that mob. Uh, try it out, people. Seriously, try it out. Okay. Now, uh, I was uh, there was some interview today I, I was listening to. I, th I think Ben Shapiro and Pierce Morgan, and yeah, it was Pierce Morgan said something like that. All the media talks about is Trump. All of the coverage is about Trump. And again, they're making money off if they're getting views. It, it works for them. They create narratives around it. I mean, people get so emotional. And, and you know, Trump loves it. Trump, uh, they're playing into his hands. So it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. He knows 
the way he maintains power is he gets more and more attention. They know the way they uh, maintain clicks and views and people reading their papers and reading their sites is to talk about Trump. And yeah, so they, they lie about him. They'll exaggerate things about him. And then so people get very polarized. They're either Trump supporters or they're against Trump. And people, this is all they're hearing. This is all they're hearing. This is what they're talking about at the office. This is all they're doing. It's taking up huge amounts of people's time. And uh, imagine just what, what is this going to get them? What after four years, because this has been going on for almost four years. Serious question. What, did it, what has it gotten people? What ha, to The regular people who have become obsessed with this, who have Trump derangement sy syndrome, who spend hours arguing, defending Trump who spent hours researching, reading, watching videos. And, and, and again, it's not just the mainstream. It is the alternative media that is covering this. It is, it is an industry unto itself. And compare that to living your life learning about Bitcoin, spending half of that time that people have wasted on Trump and politics learning Bitcoin. And what has that gotten people? What has that gotten me? It's gotten me quite a few Bitcoin. Um, it's gotten others quite a few Bitcoin. You... And it's never too late to start. It's never too late to start to get out of this sickening, obsessive uh, paradigm that has been created by the mainstream media, the alternative media, the president, the politicians. They love the attention too. Uh, it get, what does it gain you? It is, it is a serious question. What has it gained you? Politics gets you nothing but wasted time and stress. And again, they said the country is so polarized over it. And yeah, a lot – I'd say the 80 percenters have become polarized over it. And so they spend more and more time on it, opt out of it into a new dimension beyond politics, uh, opt into the Bitcoin overlay and you become wealthy. You don't get into little petty arguments every single day and worry about every single word that the president says. I mean, you can know what's going on in politics. That is fine. But there's few people who at this point, the country has become so polarized, the 80 percenters have become so polarized that that spend only just a little bit of a time on it. They waste their time on nonsense, on a soap opera. They are living a soap opera. They're playing their role in the soap opera as the little follower that just uh, boosts up the, uh, the, 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 the media on a pedestal or the president on a pedestal. Total waste of your time has gained you nothing. Let me tell you something. I haven't spent a lot of time on it. I, I know what's going on, but you know what I've been doing since 2013, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, and Bitcoin. And it has got me outside of the cancel culture. It, it, you can see all the shows. You can listen to all the shows. I say what I want to say. It's clear. I've got a stash that I travel around the entire world. I don't have a, jo a, a traditional job. I work for myself. This is what, again, people are, they're used to a life an America where politics was important. Oh, it was it was so nice to have civil discussions. It, no, we're not in that America anymore. We're not in that world anymore. We're in a nonstop information culture. And some of the information, 80% of it is total waste of your time stuff. But that 20% that isn't waste of your time stuff, there is some great information there that can change your life. Uh, it's not about getting a good job anymore. It's about learning uh, about real assets like Bitcoin that are going to make you rich and and how to manage your time and not and how to defer gratification, how not to keep up with the Joneses, how to how to not be impulsive. And again, the whole uh, 
Trump derangement syndrome, uh, the, the media's obsession with uh, Trump, uh, it, it is, it's all about impulsive. It's like the next, the next hit, let's get the next hit. Let's get the, ne what's the next thing he's going to say. We need the next thing. We need it now. We need the clicks now, now, now. Again, there is much more to life than now, now, now. And the drama of now, now, now that is Bitcoin. So again, it, it, ask your friends, what has it gotten you being obsessed with Trump or, or, or being a fan of Trump or being uh, checking into the media every day to know what's exactly going on in this? What has it gotten you? Absolutely nothing. And what is it? And what, and the few people that have devoted a lot of time to Bitcoin, what has it gotten them? A lot of Bitcoin. And it just, it, and in the end of the day, you want to be those people with one of those people with a lot of Bitcoin that all those uh, politics fans are envious of and say that, hey, we should take their wealth. Now, speaking of taking wealth, wealth taxes, we've heard about wealth taxes. Uh, they are obviously outrageous, uh, but they're, they're going to become more and more mainstream as we get closer to 2024. I mean, Elizabeth Warren thinks it's legitimate to have wealth tax. But you know what? We already live with wealth taxes. Property taxes are straight up theft wealth taxes, okay? For all of you who glorify owning real estate, you have property taxes every year. In Baltimore City, they're over 2%. What, what does that get you? What, what is it? it? It's just theft. That's all it is. It is a wealth tax. It is making someone who has an asset pay a tax on it every year. Every year, you have this asset called real estate that you have to pay a tax on every year. And it's, it's true in every state uh, in, in the United States, okay? It, why, why people deal with it. it. It's so overlooked. It's right out in, in, in front of your face, but people ignore it totally. Again, I, I say you need assets. You need assets without wealth taxes. Bitcoin. There you go. There is no wealth tax on Bitcoin at all. Okay. And also there's no maintenance fees on Bitcoin at all. Uh, real estate, tremendous maintenance fees. Storage, big storage fees on other assets like gold. Um and again, they could uh, they could easily uh, do a wealth tax on gold if they wanted to, and there's been gold confiscations. But we're not getting into that right now. I just just thought about was thinking about real estate lately uh, because people do try to compare Bitcoin to real estate, and there's this there's a wealth tax on it. There's been wealth taxes on it for years and years and years. And now you know we hear the term wealth tax, people are disgusted by it. They won't be as disgusted in 2024, of course, because the way things are progressing, you know, the targeting millionaires, they, they have more of their assets. They need more uh, wealth. And again, real estate will be part of the uh, uh, the the uh, wealth, the, the assets that are determined uh, to be over 50 million dollars or over 20 or over 20 million dollars. Your real estate will be part of that. That will be wealth taxed. And Bitcoin isn't something they can keep track of. If I mean, again, you can have uh, again, I, I'm not. There are no, uh, there's no national wealth tax in the United States yet. Uh, but if there was, it would be much easier to know for them to know how much you had in real estate, which you're already getting wealth taxed on through property taxes, than for uh, the government to know uh, exactly uh, what Bitcoin you had. I mean, there's some people that are stuck that, you know, they already know how much Bitcoin you have, but uh, there are ways that you could, uh, you can't hide your real estate. Let's say that you, you can't hide your real estate. You you can uh, do coin join with the Bitcoin and all that stuff. Uh, but but again, you want in the current 2019 atmosphere. Why why get into assets that are already being wealth taxed like real estate? Okay, let's talk Hong Kong here. Let's talk Hong Kong. I uh, I had an interview with uh, Leo Weiss, 
uh, who isn't on the ground in Hong Kong, do check that out on the regular show. But I, I was thinking when I was running, you know, Hong Kong right now, they're, they're having massive protest. Uh, but it's a big city. I, I was there for a week in uh, the rainy season in 2017, the first week in July. I don't recommend that time to go there. But I have made recommendations on this show many times that you, you've got to get out of the United States. You've got to travel. There's so much you learn uh, through traveling. It's such a great experience. And again, sell, I, I encourage people to sell their houses, not have a, not even have apartments for a while in the United States, and just go from Airbnb to Airbnb like I do from place to place. I do not have a home at all. I do not have a home at all. So you can spend uh, huge chunks of time if you're working for yourself or if you've saved up a lot for cheap traveling around the world. And now is a time to visit Hong Kong because there is no doubt that uh, it's cheaper to go there now. There isn't. There are not a lot of people who want to go to Hong Kong right now. There are people that are trying to get out of Hong Kong right now. But the way Leo describes it, yeah, there's tremendous – protest there. It's a huge city though. I mean, you can get around there. You land in the airport or public transportation, you get on that subway, it takes you right into the city and you just avoid the protest and you, you're living. It's a completely different lifestyle. I love going to the, the fish market at five in the morning. I mean like the industrial fish market at five in the morning, you buy fish there. Um, again, again, never shop. Oh, when you're traveling, Go to supermarkets. Never go out to eat. It saves you so much money. You are living in these cities. You're not vacationing there. You are actually living there. So spend two months in Hong Kong. What the heck? What's the worst that can happen? I mean, the Chinese tanks don't look like they're going to roll in there as of right now. Um, and again, if God forbid they move, they did roll in there, it would just be against the protesters. They don't want things to get – they would. They don't want uh, – Things to to deteriorate to a point where the outside world will put incredible pressure on them and not want to come there and, and do business there anymore or anything like that. Okay, the, the Chinese aren't gonna. Uh, again, I, I, it's it's safe. It is safe in Hong Kong for a tourist. It is a very safe city to begin with. It's a very safe city. So just just now because they're having a protest doesn't mean it's like Detroit all of a sudden. Okay. It's not like Detroit at all. It's, it is very safe. And again, that you be, be uh, innovative. Contact some of these people who have nice places, who are fleeing. You're hearing about it. And say, you know what? You'll be back eventually. I can rent out your place now. Uh, offer them Bitcoin. Offer. I mean, again, I, I value my wealth in Bitcoin, so I'm always offended by selling. But you could probably get some big some deals with some Bitcoiners. Contact the Bitcoin, uh, the Bitcoin people there, like Leo Weiss, who probably knows people who would – who are going to have their places empty for a while or just get an Airbnb. Again, uh, I'm sure flights will be cheaper there soon. Airbnbs will, are probably going down in price. So it is, it is something to, uh, it's something to explore. And, and again, you get all sorts of different types of ideas on your show, on this show. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. Now uh, I want to, and again, compare it to South Africa. Now compare, compare the safety level in Johannesburg where people where supermarkets close when it gets dark to the, the safety, where are you most likely to be seriously injured or killed in uh, Johannesburg, Cape town, or uh, in Hong Kong? Uh, it, it definitely in those uh, not, it, it's, it's not Hong Kong. Hong Kong is far safer than those cities. You can go out at night in Hong Kong. It is fine. Again, I know it seems intimidating to have a million people uh, 
this is a time. Again, if you want to do things on the cheap, if you want to save money, uh, this is a time to try it out. It is not as intimidating as you might think. Um, but I want to go back to uh, South Africa for a second because in the past I meant to say uh, that if you went, if you're from a city like I am, I'm from the Baltimore area. But if you're from the Baltimore area, the St. Louis area, the New Orleans area, cities like that in the United States, if you went to Wash U, if you went to Johns Hopkins, if you went to Tulane down in New Orleans, uh, you're you're used to uh, <laughs> you're used to some rough times, okay? You're used to some uh, danger factors, okay? So if you're used to the, the kind of situations that you can encounter in those three cities, then you are you're ready to travel to South Africa, okay? You're ready to, because South Africa, it is cheap to travel to. It is cheap. I have spent quite a bit of time in Johannesburg, in Cape Town, and in uh, Port Elizabeth, which is on the, the Indian Ocean. And it is this, the Airbnbs there are probably the cheapest Airbnbs of a Western style country because it's not it's 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 pretty much a Western country. Uh, again, it's not being ruled that way now. I would say, but it, it was set up as a as a Western country. I mean, you could drink the water, you could drink the water type of thing. Okay, that that, that that's modern enough for me. And again, there are safety factors that you must be aware of. But that's why if you are familiar with New Orleans, Baltimore, St. Louis, or Cincinnati, or whatever, um, if you're sort of a street-smart American, you'll be able to handle yourself fine in these during the daylight hours. During the daylight hours in those cities, uh, it's, it's fun. It, it really is good. And again, Johannesburg, you can go to the suburb. Uh, God, what's, what's that suburb called? Uh, uh, God, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the links links below. Santin, Santin is 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 great. It's beautiful. Um, Santin is is a beautiful place. I ran around there during the day. You see old people walking around again during the day. During the day, so South Africa is beautiful. And you go at a time like April, uh, which is their fall. It's great weather there. Great weather, uh, and the airlines are so cheap between cities. You could spend live three months in South Africa if you're a young person. Again, you know, there's, there's all these young people that want to spend so much money going to college, okay, and, and getting the ex experience of college. Okay, uh, well, maybe take a year off when you're 21, spend three months in South Africa, spend three months in Hong Kong now that it, it's probably cheaper than Hong Kong. Compare and contrast the two. One, I mean, Hong Kong is so ultra modern and everything and safe. And, and, and again, uh, Johannesburg is and South Africa – not so modern. There's there's things that haven't been updated since like 1984 in the Port Elizabeth. I I, I can I can imagine, I can picture a few things there, but there's potential there, and it's different, and it's beautiful weather. And uh, again, you could look there. Oh, again, and if you if you're meeting, and I advise since this is a Bitcoin show, you go to the Bitcoin meetups. You network with Bitcoin people there. There is opportunity there. You'll have immediate friends, whether it be in Hong Kong or in uh, South Africa. And again, the airlines in South Africa, that Johannesburg is a, is a hub, a hub of the entire region. Their airport is great, but airlines are cheap. I went from Port Elizabeth to Johannesburg to Port Elizabeth. Uh, and you, you could commute between Port Elizabeth and Johannesburg if you want to. Uh, and again, that, that's really if you spend a lot of time there. But I'm sure that there are people who do that. Port Elizabeth Airport is so convenient. Uh, and, and it's small and easy. Americans are used to so much drama when we get on the plane. Like in South Africa, there's no drama at all. I mean, you get there a few minutes beforehand, you're cool. It, it's just, 
It's great. And there's some of you aren't Americans that are watching this, Australians. And there's kind of some drama with Australia too. Uh, but, and I think Australians, you guys watching this, you you travel some. You guys go up to Indonesia. Uh, and again, you guys, since you go up to Indonesia, why not? If you've never been to Hong Kong, try it out now. It's 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 cheap. But I, 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 this some of this travel stuff is more for Americans because they are so bad at leaving the United States of America. First of all, is the Americans are ch- t- terrible leaving their city of where they're born. I mean, the people from the Baltimore area, <laughs> they, they go to Washington, they go to New York, go to Philadelphia, maybe Boston, that's it. Um, and this, the United States, you can explore so much. I advise Americans traveling to Boise and to Spokane, which are cities of the future, cities that are going to be big in the 2020s, especially Boise. Anyway, that was unplanned, that, that part of the show. So, uh, yeah, I said, yeah, so, so tell me what you think about all that. I know this is, you don't usually hear this type of stuff. It's a little bit beyond Bitcoin, traveling to South Africa, traveling to Hong Kong at such a time. And again, make your own food. When that, That's the biggest way to save money. Again, don't don't go getting drunk. And, I guess some of the bars are cheap in South Africa from uh, from what I've heard. But, but and food is just supermarket food in South Africa, so cheap. And it's so good too. It's really tasty. I like the ostrich and everything like that. All right, everybody. Follow me on Twitter at TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Uh, again, jo- South Africa, cheapest Airbnb, or Johannesburg definitely has the cheapest Airbnbs of any major city in the world that is a, a, a modern type of city. Uh, from from what I've seen. And uh, okay, I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister. Follow me at Twitter, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. There's your show for today. Bye-bye.